interdisciplinary Keel Wells healthcare podcast where we uh, say the quiet parts loud and well we say a lot of the parts loud actually we just say the things uh, and uh, we see what happens so we have lots of things to say today uh, but we also want to make sure that you are not missing the crazy things that we are saying and the amazingly hilarious and educational things that we're saying in our Patreon content so get in there and check out the Patreon Carrie I can never remember the URL will you help me out it's patreon.com slash interdisciplinary. Because it's hard like that, do you see? So um, go there and check it out. Um, and definitely check out community.healwell.org and come uh, have conversations with us, even when you're not listening to the podcast. We can like talk live-like or sort of live-like, um, sort of post-COVID live, which would be virtual. And uh, without further ado, we will leap into today's pun. Are you guys ready? strapping in Mm -hmm. knowing that we have some vegans in the audience in this immediate audience and certainly in our broader audience i'm wondering if you guys know what the difference is between a vegan and a computer programmer nope Mm -mm. one is disgusted by a rack of lamb and the other is disgusted by a lack of ram Mm. (laughs) i was gonna say deodorant but i'm fair (laughs) also fair (laughs) Aluminum. (laughs) So I'm super excited to uh, join you all today to talk about what we're calling wellness swear words. Uh, And I I mean, wow, the places and ways we can jump in. I, um, where should we go? Well, I just love that uh, we sort of crowdsourced in the Hillwell community, knowing we were going to do this episode and said, like, what are your favorite wellness swear words? And it just was like, Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hold me back. I think Kathy Ryan replied three times in succession. Yes. yes. Yeah, with, totally. I believe, six phrases. So. <laughs> yes, it's true. Well, and there are so many that I feel like, you know, certainly from our perspective here at Healwell, we consider wellness swear words, but that are like just part of the common vernacular out there in the world of people who consider themselves wellness professionals, or I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure you could hear the face that I made when I said wellness professionals, like it's such a, such a weird, vague, amorphous, unsavory, it seems to me. (laughs) I have images of like multi-level marketing campaigns and learning how to do things that traditional healers took, you know, decades to learn in like a weekend and being like, I know how to do this now. And um, yeah. So I think, I think each of us uh, sort of zeroed in on a particular wellness swear word, but I I think we're going to go lots of places today. So who's feeling uh, amped up? Oh, go ahead, Carrie. I feel like before we each kind of get into our favorite, least favorite, I'm guessing unless one of you already chose toxins, I feel like we should just we should just flush just the toxins right Let's away. Let's do it. Let's flush them. Lactic acid and all its buddies. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Well, I feel like this is a sad one because I feel like this one, despite many people saying it's not a thing, it's not a thing, it's not a thing. It just, it's, um, it's a sticky one. It just stays. And, and legit healthcare providers often talk about massage therapy as flushing toxins and, and about sort of things you could do to flush toxins. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of saying like, if you have a liver, you're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. The toxins are being flushed. 
Also your lungs, real helpful in that regard. Right. Kidneys? Yeah. You got Kidneys? even just one? Even just one. Kicking around there? Yeah, man. I mean, we are made to flush toxins, even if what we're doing is lying on the couch. Our bodies are flushing toxins, which again, I mean, I feel like this is the other thing is this idea that we're just walking around with, because when I think of toxins, I think of like the skull and crossbones label on like a really like astringent cleanser or something like, and so when people say toxins, I wonder what they're thinking, like what, what I happens? Think, well, I think a lot of what happens in, at least in massage and body work is what you mean is metabolic waste. Yeah. But or we, if you knew what that was, that's what you would mean. Right. I mean, right. but, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. like not to be snarky, but I feel like that that is what they mean. But it doesn't occur to I think people think that it is something that's coming from the outside. And certainly there are unsavory things entering our bodies through our food, through our water. Like our planet is not a clean place. It's hard to eat clean, et cetera. But that, yeah, I don't I don't know that that people we don't think about, I would say as massage therapists, we certainly don't learn that it's real natural for your body to have garbage in it. Like that means that your body's doing a good job. Like cells are dying and new cells are being born. And I, uh, I always get this like idea that people have a visual of like squeezing mercury from people's pores. Totally. They're like, that's what <laughs> well, I love that. I love yes. that. Yes. Um, yeah. Uncomfortable. Um, I, so one of the things that makes me super sad and, um, is a lot to ask, but still makes me sad is that massage therapists are not required to take chemistry classes, um, yeah. because it explains so many things so well. And I will fully admit that every chemistry class I took was the hardest class I'd ever taken in my life. Every Definitely. time, yeah. um, it was always just totally new information and ways of thinking. But now when someone says metabolic waste, I'm like, oh, let's like talk about CO2 and your breathing. And let's talk about, you know, all of your, like your brain's real cool, um, like dishwasher function while you sleep of like cleaning that stuff yeah, out. Yeah. Like that's real cool. Yeah. Um, and not, not the squeezing of mercury. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, when you said chemistry, I actually had like a, like a visceral, oh God, chemistry. Mm -hmm. Like I still remember yeah. the pain oh, yeah. of taking chemistry and like, but it, it, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because I know that the three of us definitely could, could do this, but it, it raises a, the hairs on the back of my neck, maybe that part of why we don't do that in massage school is because it would be like a barrier to entry to this career, that this is a hard science class that people won't want to take slash won't pass. So we can't include it. And it's like, but wait a minute, if you, you have to understand the body and this is kind of essential. Like, not that you should have to take, I don't know how many hundreds of hours of chemistry, but at least a basic understanding of how the body really works. And I don't think we do that. And that makes it real easy to think that we're increasing circulation and flushing toxins and sort of these very simplistic understanding, uh, you know, explanations of what's happening when we do what we do. Because and you really can't teach physiology without teaching chemistry. And I can attest to that because that's what I used to do in massage schools, try to teach physiology without chemistry. <laughs> you know, you just end up with a, there's no way to avoid um, teaching in vagaries. Yeah. Yeah. The bridge is out between real yeah. important concepts. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Corey, I you're, think, oh, yeah, uh, yep. yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> so with <laughs> the word toxins comes the word cleanse, right? Um, and I, ooh, 
Cal, that was quite the face. That was a horrible face. (laughs) Wow. Um, So also the idea that like lemon juice and cayenne pepper is going to like shore up your liver is lunacy. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And disgusting also. Well, let's just add disgusting on there. Yeah. No one really likes drinking that. Well, and also if that is all that you are eating. You know, I mean, this is another thing about the whole like wellness <laughs> thing, right? It's like, what else, what is this doing to your body if these are the only calories that you're getting? And I mean, last time I checked, unless you're also eating the cardboard box that the cayenne came in, you're neither <laughs> of those kidding. items is giving you any like protein or any of the other essential nutrients that you well, need. Well, you're supposed to put a drop of maple syrup in it and that will oh, well, never all mind all of the minerals and vitamins between that I'm and the lemon sure. juice you'll get exactly what you need. It's the maple syrup quinoa cage match. (laughs) (laughs) Maple syrup is like, suck it, quinoa. I got everything. (laughs) Quinoa is just like, you know, filing its nails in the corner. Like, "Uh uh-huh, go ahead. Sure. I I know who I am. It's fine. You can, you can say whatever you want. (laughs) I'm protein. That's right. (laughs) Well, and it's funny that you say this, Corey, and especially master cleanse, uh, you know, it brings up all of my, um, my ex yoga teacher, like PTSD, (laughs) because I feel like this is, you know, not only was it about flushing and cleansing toxins, we used phrases like wringing out your organs. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Oh yeah. Like again, when I would, teach teacher trainings, it was clear that people really believed that when you twisted, it was good for you because it was like your, your spleen was like a dirty dish towel and you were just Just bringing it out, bring it out. And then all that bad stuff. Yeah. The mercury would go oozing into your what interstitial spaces (laughs) like to be flushed with your lemon water. Oh, perfect. (laughs) So directly into your GI tract. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I guess. Yeah. There are definitely tubes connecting those two things. But I think in body work, we see the same thing that I certainly have taken classes. I mean, CE classes where the instructor was sort of touting that we were kind of pushing manually moving things out of the body, Uh, not just like poop because of deep abdominal massage, like, but like moving chemicals and metabolic waste and whatnot from one place to another. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and I feel like this points again to an interesting hole in our education, but also this thing that, um, like I was just talking to a therapist from a, a state out in the Pacific Northwest a couple of days ago, and she was saying that she got, she got her certificate in wellness coaching because she was saying things to her massage clients that were out of scope. And so now under that umbrella, she can, you know, say these other things. And I, and I thought, well, okay. So like, another episode we will dedicate to a certificate in wellness coaching and how, what the wide array of training, you know, I'm sure there are solid programs in wellness coaching. And then I'm sure there are real quick programs that, you know, again, don't involve chemistry, don't involve like what the hell is wellness. Um, But as massage therapist, I think that it, it is sometimes hard to stay in scope because we do, the more we know about the body, the more we understand that, it does actually matter what you eat and you know, it does matter how much rest you get and how much water you drink. And like these things aren't water's not flushing toxins. That's not why you drink it after a massage, but that like, you know, we want people to feel well. And so you find yourself, I think, you know, either biting the inside of your mouth and being like, wow, that's not a thing that I as a massage therapist should be saying to this client or you don't. And you just say them and you think, well, 
this is how I'm supporting this person. And, um, you know, I, I, everything points to more training, honestly, if you ask me, but that's not a surprise. <laughs> I think that's the most broken of our records. Seriously. First got a hole in it. There's a yeah, glue. <laughs> that's right. Just worst, skips. Worst skips. drinking game ever. Totally. <laughs> When someone from Healwell says higher training standards, you have to drink your kombucha drink. or whatever. Make sure you're not driving anywhere later. Yeah. So Corey, I'm dying to know what your word is. Did you pick Magic. a word? Oh. Magic is my word. Magic. Oh, God, Say more. Oh, man. Oh, I have so many feelings about this word. Okay. So, so whenever a client says that I correct them in the absolute nicest way possible, because I know why they're saying it. Um, they're saying it because massage therapists can provide a solution that nobody else provides in a nice way. Like it's not like getting a shot. It doesn't hurt like that. You don't have like a hole in you. You don't, you know, like yeah. we're not, there's no x-rays, there's no stitches. There's, there's, it's, it's incredible that what we do works as well as it does considering what it is that we do. So their instinctive reaction is that you are magic or you have magic hands or what you do is magical. Um, and, and I get that. Um, generally we refer to things as magic when we don't have words for them scientifically, right? Everything is magic until science is like, Hey, we figured it out. And then it's not magic anymore. It's science. So really everything is science. Um, we just, you know, we just haven't quite got there yet and that's okay. We're working on it. Um, but but the word magic endows massage therapists with an excuse to get away with a lot of stuff um, because they're magic and clearly they know better. And people have told them and told for years, years and years, you've been told that you are magic and your hands are magic and everything you do is magical and you are a magical being. And I mean, what can you fit under the umbrella of magic if it doesn't have a definition? Like, well, I mean, pretty I much think anything you, just, you want. I, I'm always checking my forehead for like a, a nascent horn bump for my unicorn, <laughs> like yep. curses. It's not yet. yet. It's coming. No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I I abhor the word magic. Um, and everything that you say that you are going to say magic, please stop and think about what you're saying and like use a real word. Even if you're like, I'm not completely sure this is correct yet, but this is what I know as far as I know, it is replaced with actual factual anything, anything, please. Any, any fact, any, and if you're wrong, science. figure it out later and well, right. fix it. You know, it's a, it's a what a good pick. Um, the, <laughs> the, the other thing about this word is that we really cling to it in massage therapy. I remember being at a conference for massage educators and a person who had won a teaching award, like a big deal teaching award, stood up at some point during one of the sessions and like went on a tear against research. And the argument this person was making was that that will just take away all the magic. If we, if we do research about massage therapy and we figure out mechanisms and we figure out this, that, and the other thing, it will just wreck everything, the, the magic. And uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, 
I, I, I'm pretty sure I just crawled out of the room um, at that point. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I don't think that this person was un- unusual in our no. field. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think what they were expressing. So I don't even think that it's just a. Um, I don't think that we can use the out of old-fashioned ignorance, right? I don't know, so I call it magic because I think no. that there's something else at work, something a little uh, less good. Well, and more, and more I will stubborn. say about the. Oh, go ahead, Corey. I more less good, more stubborn, more. Um, yeah. Purposeful. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I you know, the thing about research is, so I, I'm really interested in this because we, we also, uh, Laura, our service director and I spoke recently with a therapist who was um, concerned about sort of what it, what it means. And, you know, we did a whole episode about sort of what it means to quote, get in bed with healthcare. And is that, you know, sort of the beginning of the end for us. And, and I, I do think we have to be careful. Like I, I'm actually not a fan of spending our dollars on mechanism. I don't really think it cares. And I, I don't think it matters rather. And I, and I think that it, we run the risk of mechanizing something that is most beneficial when it is not provided in a mechanistic way, that there is like a piece of massage therapy that is interpersonal that, yes, if I do a very scripted protocol with you to address your knee pain or your hip pain, there's a decent chance that's going to feel better. But if I really engage with you and you and I have a conversation both verbally and in a corporeal way that results in you feeling cared for and your pain being addressed, there's an additional benefit that I don't think any of our research is pointing to the value of that interpersonal piece. And so if you want to call the interaction between two people magical and that like, you know, somehow we're going to take the sacredness from it if we measure it, I can't get behind that because I think that measuring it will show that that's what's happening. It's actually not magic. It's a thing that's available to all of us when we slow down and pay attention to each other. And it feels like magic because it is so uncommon. (laughs) And so, you know, I guess it feels like the fear is I don't get to be magic anymore, right? Like me personally, if we understand what's happening, then it's not about me anymore. Right. And, and that, like, I think this is the button that gets pushed for me when, when, you know, it's this thing we talk about in end of life care that when a family says, well, you've seen a lot of this, you know, how long do you think they have? And it's seductive to feel like, you know, an unknowable thing. And so you sort of find yourself deciding, like, do I guess based on what I'm seeing, or do I really just say like, I have no idea, like bodies do what bodies do. And, you know, I've seen lots of people die, but I've never seen this person die, so I can't really say. And that when someone tells you you're magic, I think it's real easy to, you know, start tying on your cape and feeling like, right, I just, I don't even know what I did, but it was amazing. And every time I walk into my treatment room, science be damned. I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm amazing. Well, Cal, I feel like this leads perfectly into your word, right? Right. Because- I had to sit on my hands when Corey said magic. I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly like, so my, the word that drives me nuts in wellness circles is healer. Um, and, and that, you know, and again, I feel like it is a, it is a place where 
clients will call you a healer. You know, sometimes people that you work with will say, oh my gosh, this, this person who provides massage for me is, is a healer. And then you go, oh, well, somebody else said it. So I guess it's true. Um, but also that you, and again, I, I have great compassion for the slippery slope that leads to us calling ourselves healers, because I feel like there are, for all of my ragging on like foundational massage therapy education, there are lots of schools that have a program that is quite transformational. And that as you go through massage school, you sort of learn things about yourself and about humans and about the world that make you feel like, oh my gosh, like I am prepared to ease suffering. And you, you feel somehow like, oh, I'm empowered to heal the world. You know, it may be through massage, but just sort of broadly, like I remember feeling so like compassion that I had never known and like parts of myself that I was like, oh, like this is how I want to be in the world. And so, you know, again, like they hand you your cape at graduation and you walk out the door and you're like, here I go. You know, I'm, I'm a healer. And that as a healer, I can also incorporate cupping and essential oils and sort of the more extra stuff that I add, the more of a healer I am. And it just feels really self, um, aggrandizing to call oneself a healer. Um, and that in, it's another place where massage therapists, I feel like make ourselves more special than other people who provide caring. Like, I, I don't know a whole lot of nurses who walk around saying that they're healers or physicians. I mean, they exist for sure, but I feel like it's, it's real common in massage therapy for people to perceive themselves and to even say like on their website or wherever that, you know, this is, I'm a healer. And that this was a special calling that other healthcare providers didn't receive. Right. Yeah. Or other social workers or people who rescue pets or like, there's so many things that need healing in this world and that we can bring our humanity to in order to provide healing that I, I don't know why we feel like this is unique to us. And that's how it feels to me, at least that's the rub for me is that like, we're no more special than the next human. And we each have our own ways in which we heal the world or could. Maybe the key with both magic and healer is that you're not allowed to call yourself any of them. Like, yeah. New rule. Right. Use it in an eye That's right. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Well, and the other thing about healer, which leads me to my least favorite word, uh, wellness, <laughs> uh, is that it's judgy, right? I mean, it, it, there is a hierarchy implicit in being a healer, right? I am above, like I am fixing you. I am fixing the world. I am, I have the power and, you know, I get that wellness became a word as a reaction to a broken healthcare medical system that addresses illness and doesn't seem to value wellness or health, whatever you want to call it. But wellness is just gross. It's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> you know, what is it? First of all, what does it mean? <laughs> as we've said, and it's like magic. It can mean anything I want it to mean. It's well, vague. And it, it definitely means white. Well, certainly. I mean, let's be clear. It and means white. Lots it of means exclusivity. wealthy. It means yeah. a lot of things. It means skinny. It means able-bodied. I mean, I, let's be clear. 
We all know. glorious hair. Definitely. Yeah. Glorious hair. Yeah. Uh, and you're a divine dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> straight, straight white teeth. Um, you know, I just, I think it, it, it comes with so much, uh, yeah, judgment, ickiness. Like it just is such, uh, and, and wellness as, as opposed to Ill, illness. illness. So wow, it, that's ableist. Ow. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's what's the opposite of wellness? Or or you know, so I I that word just it makes me banana pants crazy. Uh and I just think it and again and again, of course, now there's the wellness industry. Like I feel like if you can add industry to the end of any word, like it's it's done. It's time to retire that word. <laughs> Not to mention billions after that. Right, exactly. Well, <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I don't want to skip over the part that you said about it being judgmental because I, I feel like, I mean, like if you Google wellness, you get lots of pictures of fruits, vegetables, um, rainbows, people doing yoga, smiling blonde haired white ladies doing yoga. Um, and it, I think it really, it, it just opens the idea that, um, that wellness is, it means that your skin is pink and that you eat mostly vegetables and that you exercise an hour a day and like you have good work-life balance. Like there's all these rules about what it means to be well. And, and we, there's so much violence in the way that we sell wellness that we just don't even notice that it's, it's really all about you never quite being enough. Yeah, well, I've heard that story before. <laughs> well, say you more. Have? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like you said, once you tack industry onto something, like generally it's gone to a really bad place. So beauty industry, like, well, no, it's wellness. Like weight loss industry, well, no, it's wellness. It's about what you can't have, yeah. period. Yeah. But you and- should try and pay a lot of money for. Well, and like magic, like healer, we can fit a lot under that umbrella because it's vague, uh, you know? And, and so, like you said, like we can, we can, it's not, it's not about losing weight for some vanity purpose. It's about your health and wellness, right? It's not, it's not about buying expensive skincare products because you don't want to have wrinkles. It's about your health and wellness. I think this slides nicely into, um, Kathy Ryan's small explosion of terms. <laughs> Um, which included, and then not limited to, um, BMI, breaking up scar tissue, reducing cellulite and stretching IT bands. Um, so Kathy's definitely focused on that, which is not possible, but we discuss anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the IT band stretch. (laughs) Stretching. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the record, for everybody listening, it, does not stretch inferiorly and superiorly. Like it, yeah. it really doesn't. It'll rip no, first. Not so enough. don't, don't no. make it. Yeah. It's, it's mobile. It's flexible, mm-hmm. but it doesn't do what you think it's doing when you slide the blade of your ulna down it. Like that's not a thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. But for when your... you, when you <laughs> foam sad. roll it until it cries. <laughs> yes. I'm sad for your arm and that leg. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, and, and like the reduction of cellulite is, it, it, yeah. 
And of course, I mean, we could talk about bringing up scar tissue all day long. Um, well, and- yeah, I love that that was one of Kathy's first picks was just this, you know, and I mean, again, just this, these violent mm-hmm. ideas mm-hmm. about how to make our bodies bend to our will and that like scar tissue can be changed, but it doesn't need to be bullied. Well, like- and it, it doesn't, it, it certainly there are places where scar tissue can cause or inhibit movement to cause dysfunction, cause pain. But I feel like scar tissue gets such a bad rap. Like scar tissue is amazing. Your body, Seriously, physiologically, like amaze like, balls. What happens is amazing. And yes. your body was like, hey, listen, we got a problem here. Yeah. And scar tissue is a pretty amazing fix for a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, real quick, real strong. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't want to, um, <laughs> I, I could rant about this all day as well, but there's something that you said when we were talking about wellness, Carrie, that we, I, I don't know that we intentionally skipped over it, but given what we were just, we were just talking about a, a bit of a flap that's taking place right now in the health at any size, uh, world mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. registered dietitians and kind of that whole thing. And I feel like this is another, uh, issue with wellness is that wellness is thinness and that it's not possible to experience wellness in a big body. And that, and these are the things that people would, you know, you would say like, I don't, you know, I, I have, I treat all my people the same, right? That's what, that's what everybody says. Mm -hmm. And that these are such deep seated biases that we don't know that we look at a person in a big body, many of us, I'm sure there are people who are somehow immune to this, but most of us look at a person in a big body and say like, huh, well, if you would just lose weight, then we could get started on wellness. Like this is like the very first and most important hurdle that unless we address this, there's sort of no point in us being here. And the violence of that make, I mean, I just like, I'm sitting here actually making fists in my lap. as I talk about it. Well, and I think uh, inherent in wellness is the idea that you, you, that it's choice, that it's all about choices, um, that you don't have to be ill, that you don't have to be living in a larger body that, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you don't have to be Brown. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, but I think that there are lots of ways that it, it, it um, yeah, the that the certainly the wellness industry suggests, but even a, when when we think about wellness, we imagine it as a a lifestyle choice, yeah, um, or series of choices, and uh, certainly that's just not true for right. most humans. Right. I mean, in a, in a basic like physiological sense, it's not true. And then like, mm-hmm. let's not even talk about, or let's talk about food deserts and the differences between zip codes and like all of the structural barriers to what would be considered wellness by your average wellness professional and that how little those things are taken into account. And I think we also, you know, I was reading something from um, the, um, uh, the Institutes of Health yesterday about health promotion. And I feel like, you know, nurses and physicians for the most part and even physical therapists and other types of providers are rarely in a position to engage in health promotion because people don't find them until their health is suffering. And so they're in sort of like a remedial state. And as massage therapists, I think we imagine that all we do is health promotion. 
And certainly <laughs> there are people who come to get a massage because they quote unquote, know it's good for them. And, you know, maybe don't have a laundry list of actual specific concerns that they would like massage to address. But I bet a large percentage of people find themselves receiving massage because of a health concern, whether it be a, a mechanical injury or some sort of, you know, maybe high blood pressure, anxiety, whatever it might be. And that for us to continue to pretend that we are in this sort of like space outside of that, it just adds to the story that of our specialness that makes it un it makes it hard for us to move forward and to really move meaningfully into these other spaces where we could really participate with other providers. Uh, I'd like to interject slightly that body positivity is on this list of words. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Rolls right into exactly what we're talking about um, because you can only be positive about your body if you have the right body and everyone else can go suck it and uh, get off Twitter for the most yeah. part. Cause yeah. uh, you're, you're, uh, what is it? Glor glorifying obesity, I think is the, yeah. Yeah. the favorite right. term. Yeah. 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 Uncomfortable. It's weird <laughs> that positivity got like. Positivity <laughs> can suck it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we can just scratch positivity from our language. Unless we're honestly. talking about neutrons and electrons and protons. <laughs> See, <laughs> exactly. The, the positivity, positivity industry can go to hell. <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh, go ahead, Carrie. No, I was just going to say that like I, to, to circle back to health and wellness and health promotion, like it also suggests that like people don't know about health or wellness, right? That people right. need to be told like, you know, everybody knows that you're supposed to eat fruits and vegetables. It's not a lack of knowledge that stops. Right. Like, it's not like anybody's like, you know what? I would rather have irritable bowel syndrome. Like that's, uh, it's great. That's my choice. Right. It's my choice. Right. Type two diabetes <laughs> kicks ass. That's <laughs> where I'm at. I think it's wonderful. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I there choose is... you, Pikachu. That's... <laughs> yes. There, there is just this again. This uh, even all the phrases we use, like health promotion. Like, does health need promoting? <laughs> right. Right. Did you get a bad rap. Health, like, health just needs a better agent. That's the problem. It's happening. taking the shitty scripts and it just needs to hold out. Get their one yeah. to health. That's right. Um, That's right. With, with positivity, we had somebody in the community answer um, our query about um, having cancer and people telling them to always be positive and how it oh. drives them absolutely nuts. Yes. And how everybody seems to think that if you just believe hard enough and continue in your positivity, then you're just, you're going to get there and it's going to be, you're going to be fine, but you have to be positive in order to get there. And she was like, and that makes it my fault. And that makes no sense. And it drives me nuts when people do it. Um, I, there's a trope that I um, enjoy immensely in movies, particularly sports movies, and most particularly in motor car racing movies, where if you just believe harder, the car goes faster which makes no mechanical sense. No. And when people say things like, just be positive about your illness, like, I feel like, you know, it's not going to make the car go faster. It just doesn't well, work that way. It's so funny. We, um, so Barry Kasselith, who uh, many massage stars probably have never heard of, but she was an incredible pioneer in um, cancer care and uh, really a big proponent for massage therapy as a standard of care to support chemotherapy and radiation and, um, and really was a, a, a vocal debunker of like, 
diets for cleansing and, and just like pseudoscience. And, um, we, <laughs> I just, uh, wrote actually my column for the massage and body work coming up and it's, it's sort of a farewell letter to her, but one of my favorite things in the articles that I read about her, <laughs> she is famously quoted as saying for every anecdote about a cancer patient with a good attitude who lived, I can give you 200 about those who had good attitudes and died. And she and her colleagues actually did research where they measured people's positivity and lifespan. And, you know, certainly we can argue that maybe your experience of your illness was quote unquote better if you had a positive attitude. But I, don't, I mean, I, if that's not typically your MO, I don't even know if that's true, but it definitely falls under this umbrella of the violence of wellness that if you die from cancer, it's because you just didn't try hard enough. If you die in a big body, you just didn't find the right diet or you just didn't care about yourself enough. And these are things that we're horrified to listen to. I mean, it reminds me of the person you mean to be. And, you know, in that book, how she talks about like right here in this group, we're like, oh my God, that's who would think that. And you're like, oh, deep down, maybe I think that, huh? Wow. That's how do I undo that? But, you know, I, we don't, that's not the face we put forward. And so we don't even know that that's in there and a problem. Yeah. Well, and I want to just footnote and be clear, Castleth studies showed without a doubt, there yeah. was no connection. Between it did not extend your life. And lifespan at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think, yeah. Well, I think it, you know, it points to the, and I don't know if this falls into sort of wellness swear words, but the idea that prayer works, you know, that people say, well, you know, everybody prayed and I got better. Well, if you didn't get better, do we say that prayer didn't work? Like, you know, no, that bitch at church who doesn't like me didn't, she pray. didn't pray. That's right. <laughs> no, but seriously, right. Like this is talk about like the worst kind of pee hacking ever. Oh, here's yeah. where the hate mail really starts to roll. That's right. In. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, getting into, we were, I was talking with someone yesterday about the placebo effect and how it's an effect. You know, it does matter what you think, but it, it doesn't matter the way we wish it did. You know, you can't actually think your way out of metastatic cancer. You can't, you know. I think it matters what you think. I think there are also things that you're not going to change. And we tend to confound those two things, like you said, so if I prayed hard enough and everybody prayed for me, then, you know, I made it, but sample of one, like how, how many people, like, do you, is this like a GoFundMe? Like what do you yeah. need to rack up in order for that? Like, it's just not something that you can control, but emotionally it might be extremely helpful for you and your quality of life while you're going through all of that really matters Yeah, for, for just across the board. So if that helps you, then great. But don't, don't tell people that because people aren't praying for them, they're going to die. And that's, that's the other side of that sentence. Yeah. Well, and, that's and I, not okay. I right. think you also hit on a common thing that happens and I, I don't think it's unique to massage, but I obviously have a lot of experience seeing massage therapists do this N of one about any number of things, you know, that I did, my aunt did, my spouse did this diet, this exercise, this stretch, and it was life-changing. And so then you just decide that your research is done and I'm going to now recommend this to everybody that I see and, and work with. And because it worked for me, it must work for other humans. And that's not, 
that's not our job. I mean, no one should be doing the end of one research and then offering that advice to other people in their capacity as a healthcare provider. But we do that a lot. I'd like to interject here the N of ones as far as case study goes. Oh, case studies you. have a very, very different goal, goal in mind. So case yes. studies are about amassing enough information from enough times and places and people to be like, hey, maybe this we is should worth look at looking that at. more. Yes. But it's not about proving anything. Right. Not even suggesting. <laughs> right. Nothing. Well, and for that matter, neither is any research, right? I mean, the, yes. you know, the, any researcher will tell you that the word proof should just be removed from all discussion of what happens when we gather data. Yeah. Math just only. That's right. <laughs> were there, what were the other buzzwords? Um, a, journey was a big one that was also oh, yeah. kind of attached to the being positive. So we, um, we had a member who was, um, so journey and death and dying euphemisms came up. And I think that this also has to do with your personal experience and what works for you and what doesn't. And um, they did kind of enumerate on that. So journey does not work for them. They're like, I'm not on a trip. I am not having fun. I am like, none of that qualifies. And then, so my follow-up question was what words do you prefer? And they were like, crap, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible things. Right. Like any swear word you can show. come up with is great, like, but yeah. don't sugarcoat it. And someone else was like, I also feel that way about death and dying euphemisms that you don't need to call it something that it's not and make it nicer, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and again, different for everybody. So if you're having these conversations with people, be very, very aware of how they feel about it, especially if they're the person on the <clears throat> journey. Yeah. <laughs> and how they refer to it um, yeah. and go that direction. But like, I think there's this like weird paternalism thing that happens with like, yeah. oh, well, it's not so bad and I'm not experiencing it. So I'm going to like try and soften this experience for me and <laughs> in the process rather invalidate your experience by using these kind, gentle, fluffy words instead. Yeah. Healwell's other drinking game, right? <laughs> this is about your discomfort. So that's right. Get That's comfortable right. with your discomfort because <laughs> not about you. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, we say this all the time too in various ways that as Corey alluded to that it is not about you in that. Like, so I actually, I was writing to someone this morning who um, is in their thirties and was diagnosed with a pretty aggressive cancer. And there, they actually set up a very like sort of in your face Gmail address that they set up for their updates to their friends and stuff. And they created it for this because they're like, and when I'm done with cancer, this email address goes away. Like this isn't a thing that I'm going to keep doing, but they're very much in the place of like, they're halfway through pretty aggressive chemotherapy. Surgery will come after that and then possibly radiation, maybe not, but really just kind of in this place of like, I'm just going to keep moving. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to, you know, and it is not my job to say like, wow, this feels really violent. You know, and so when I, at the end of my email, I was like, and keep kicking ass because that's where this person is coming from her messaging about what she is going through. And I don't think she calls it a journey either, um, is teaching me how she wants to talk about it. And it's not really my job, certainly as a healthcare provider or like peripheral friend to be like, you know, I wonder if you could soften that and if I might like improve your experience, even if like every piece of me feels like, oh God, like this is going to be rough when she like hits the place that a lot of people hit where you're like, oh, like I can't run anymore. But she's not in that place right now. 
And so I have to be where she is. And I think that that takes a level of discernment that points back to the soft skill training that we feel is so important that, you know, there might be a time where that is useful feedback to provide, but this isn't that time. And, you know, how do I notice my desire to make it better for her, better air bunnies, um, and, and quell the need to, to make myself feel better by offering my sage advice from having seen hundreds of people go through cancer treatment. I have a friend who um, had some suspicious <clears throat> growths happen and was telling people, and I realized part of the way through it, that my job in her illness crap um, was to be the person who didn't get upset when they told me things because everybody else in their life tends to be rather dramatic. Um, and they're all, they just can't help it. That's just who they are. Um, and so this person would have to like tell people the news, whatever the news update was, right? Everybody always wanted an update and then um, have to deal with those people's reactions to it. And my reaction was no reaction except, you know, what's the next step? What did your doctor say? What's, are we, do we need to go somewhere? Like, do I need to pick you up for a thing? Like what's, what? what did they say? Like, you can tell me all the medical language. And if I don't know it, I won't ask you. I'll just look it up <laughs> and make sure that like, right. Like you don't need to translate for me. That's fine. Like, what do you need? I am here for you. I don't think you're actively dying or whatever that term means. Like I'm you're, you're fine right now. We're going to, we're going to keep working and what happens happens and I will be right here, but I will not be going. Ah! Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like other people in your life are. Well, and I think to tie this into like the the hot button wellness swear words, like uh, what most of those words point to is a wanting to know, wanting to have an expertise, wanting to like sound like we can answer unanswerable questions or, you know, and so I feel like this these conversations about how to show up for people fit into this category of like how do we not swear at people inadvertently? You know? <laughs> How do you not say the toxic thing? Right, right, exactly. But how do you not, how do you wish things were different without really wishing things were different? Right. Without, you know, I, I wish, I wish I could say it listeners who can speak Yiddish, feel free to uh, email us podcast at healwell.org and give me the phonetics. Um, but my, uh, I had an old friend, an old Yiddish friend who could say this in Yiddish. I can't, the translation is wish in one hand and shit in the other and tell me which one fills up first. Um, and I just, you know, we don't do that in our house. It's gross, but I mean, I think we all know what would happen. That's yeah. right. There's your research. There's uh, your research. I got your research right here, bub. Yeah. But I do. I think that there's this sort of like, there's a, there's a, an, a, an illusion, a, a wishing, a hoping to all of these like wellness swear words that are, that really are, are disconnected Utah. from reality. What'd you say, Corey? Futile. Futile. Yeah, Futile. Yeah. Disconnected from reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is all our avoidance of impermanence and wanting ground under our feet and all the things that make us 
violent to ourselves, violent to other people. Yeah. We didn't miss any big ones, did we, Corey? At least that were volunteered by our folk. Uh, nope. Nope. We got them all. Well, oh, no, that's not true. Oh, I take it. I take it right back. Oh, um, based on psychology. <gasps> this oh, is a new phrase. We all hate them, by the way. Everybody so based on psychology. Based oh, on psychology. Oh. You know, Noom, the, based on psychology, you can lose weight because we're going to tell you. Because we're going like, to tell you psychology. Right. You only right, eat pizza because you, know, you hate your mom. Yeah. And if you oh. know psychology, <laughs> you can fix it, which right. doesn't make any sense at all. No. <laughs> that's like wow. a, it's kind of. That one's kind of gross. I got to say, oh, like, so that's gross. a gross thing to tell people. Well, so let's, so yes. Okay. Like I'm like disgusted. And also I'm like, well, it's maybe cause it's a bad way to say it because I feel like so much of what we talk about is about how you are cognitively wired to Do bad insert things. whatever it is that we're going to be talking about. So whether it's bias or, you know, and that there is something about our wiredness for survival and like the ways like our brains aren't necessarily designed to help us they're designed to make things easy but that's not necessarily healthy like I, I wonder where's the where does it break off in the phrase of according to psychology or based on psychology versus we are cognitively wired to blah blah I think generally when you say we are cognitively wired to what follows is how your brain is dumb and it's doing a dumb thing and you can't help the dumb thing, but you need to know about it so you can watch out for it and make corrections as necessary. But when you say based on psychology, you can lose weight. It's willpower. It's, it's, it's willpower. And right. the underlying message is you can lose weight. And um, it's we just psychological it's just science. It's right. Just something you didn't know. And it's that's. Oh, uh, uh, so that's that's a super personal message, right? It's about you. When we talk about cognitively, whatever is going on with you, it's generally about how you're interacting with other people or your world or making flawed decisions because that's just how your brain's wired. Well, and that's um, how human brains are wired. It's just it's it's not right. how everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Usually the Noom commercials are like, oh, I I have a, a emotional eating problem is my right. favorite one where right. the person's like, oh, people emotionally eat as they look at their phone and like have chips or something. And I'm right. like, that's not... That also that's kind of incorrect it's real as far as, like, psychology goes. Like, well, that's it's, not really. It's back to health promotion. Like, did right. you, I didn't know an entire bag of potato chips wasn't good for me. <laughs> what? Right. Because I thought it was fine. Yeah. Thank you, There's new. vitamins on the side. It's okay. I totally thought it was fine. Right. I never knew chips could be bad. Thank right. you, Noom. Exactly. Yeah. Also, we just called food bad which I don't really approve of so no yeah just like walk that back well and and I mean of course supporting this whole idea that you have to like earn chips and you have to like mm -hmm. you know that you if you do this you can do that when it comes to food and just I mean yeah the whole value you don't need those chips you don't right. need those chips right. you don't need or there's something chips. wrong with emotional eating you right. know what I, right. sometimes my feelings taste like pizza that's, that's right. just true pizza people that's yeah. right pizzas I pizzas <laughs> Suddenly, Corey and I turn into two slices of pizza. According to psychology. <laughs> yeah, I think I think emotionally eating gets a bad rap a lot of the time. And that you if you're emotionally eating, like there's a reason you're not doing it for funsies. And it's probably right. not fun. Right. Like, no. That's not 
it's not a party in here. That's not what's yeah. going on. Well, and I don't know that I want to trust an app to walk me through the forest of how I got there. And of how, how I, I got might... to emotional eating and that I <laughs> right. hate my mother and like, right, 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 right. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you, phone. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> this is, by the way, apart from all of the other like completely shady stuff that. Name oh my falls. gosh! Absolutely. Carrie's phone is now covered with all these kissy marks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I feel like for all the social workers and talk therapists out there, like it must be so insulting. Like, don't you don't need therapy? Like this right app here's will- this app that will take care of everything. <laughs> It'll give you two sentences, and your life will change. That's right. Like what? Yeah, you'll be happy and skinny. Now that uh-huh. you know what the problem is, you'll be fine. That's right. Because <laughs> well, naming Carrie- it fixes everything. Don't be redundant because skinny equals happy. Oh, I mean, I right, think right. everybody Obviously. knows that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So. That is true. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh! Wow. Mm. Well. <laughs> Uh, um, Once yeah, again, I feel like you're welcome. That's right. <laughs> there, there may have to be a part two. I really actually hope that we get bombarded with emails about like, you didn't talk about this. You didn't talk. Yes. About, oh, here's a word oh, that please. I hate. Oh, bring bring them in guys. We want Podcast to do it at healwell.org. Podcast at healwell.org. That's right. Lay also, it on if you us. can give a, an audio file of that Yiddish phrase that Carrie was trying to use. That's that right. Great. We will totally love... play it on the air and we'll send you something special. I, I will practice yeah. saying it on the air. How's that? It'll be, it'll be some extra <laughs> Patreon content. <laughs> it'll right. be all of the takes of Carrie trying to say totally. it. it <laughs> Carrie, Carrie's Yiddish curse fest. <laughs> <laughs> See, now we have another like separate, you know, oh, we have yeah. all these like special segments within the Patreon content. Now we're going to have to have Carrie's, you know, Yiddish swear words or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, please, please go check out that Patreon content for $1 a month. You can be a secret squirrel. $1 a month, people. $1 a month. Patreon.com slash interdisciplinary. Please uh, continue this conversation with us in our community. You can go to healwell.org slash community and uh, join us for all kinds of exciting things that are happening in there. Woohoo! Thanks for being with us. Um, and, you know, watch your mouth. Interdisciplinary is produced by Healwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. New episodes are available weekly through your favorite podcast outlet. Uh, and you can send us an email at podcast at healwell.org. That's podcast at healwell.org. Thanks for listening.